We're going to get into the Ravens and their OTA boo-boo. Rob Gronkowski and the Patriots, they've got their mini camp going on. Is he going to get a new contract? We'll find out. And is it going to be Betamania coming this fall to a television slash smartphone near you? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Dave Richard. Will Brinson is surfing uh, off the coast of Southern California I'm here with Jason Lockham for us, CBS Sports NFL Insider. Jason, could you imagine Will Brinson surfing off the coast of California? Does that sound like something you could see him doing? Is he in California? I thought he was in the Caribbean or something. I'm I'm just making stuff up, and that's what came oh, to my mind. He, I thought he was like, yeah, I oh. don't know. Or I, I thought he was on the, the other. There was two versions. One, he's in the Caribbean. One, I heard he was just staying in his room, buffered, <laughs> buffing all his... Uh, his various assortment of loafers, that it was loafer buffing season, and that he doesn't entrust anybody else to do it properly. So it's one of those do it yourself. So he was he was immersed in that. It, it could be it could be either of those scenarios. I, it was either surfing in California or in the ER after a chest grooming incident for Will Brinson. Anyway, he's not here. <laughs> it could but be we, that too. But yeah. we are here. And I'm uh, I'm looking forward to getting into these six topics that we have for the pick six. Let's get it kicked off with what happened in Baltimore. The Ravens lose two days of OTA practice because of some sort of um, I, I, I hate using the term illegal for something that has to do with practice. And don't get yeah. me started on this whole the, the CBA and how it it's it's uh, handled for how practices should be kind of irritates yeah. me a little bit. But I, I, I want to go to you on this one. What have you heard about what happened with the Ravens in their minicamp or their OTA practice? I mean, look, they've been busted a couple times in the past. So they're a team that I think the NFLPA and the league itself, football operations, are watching closely. I believe they had rookies and pads for a mini for a rookie camp practice, which is not illegal, but it will set the tone, you know, we'll send some signals up like, well, geez, if they're in pads, what might they be doing? But being in pads in and of themselves, you know, I, I think it raised a few alarm bells. And then you've got a lot of guys who've been on the, through this roster recently who are um, executives with the NFLPA who know that, that the Ravens push beyond the bounds at times. Do I think it's a big deal? No, because OTAs are a joke. It's, it's like, you know, it's one of the many ruses that the NFL pulls on its fans to make you think that the six months when nothing's going on, that something's really going on. You know, it's the same reason why the draft and free agency are so spread apart. They don't have to be. You could hold the draft a week after the combine. Everybody in the league would be happy about it from the team side. But, you know, it's about spreading this stuff through a long off season and to keep people's attention. And one way to do it is by playing narc and cop on teams on OTAs. And who's too physical? In this case, I think it was DBs and wide receivers. Um, too much physical contact. But the reality is these are glorified walkthroughs. They are, it's an extended babysitting service for teams to get young guys in their building for six weeks when otherwise they might be surfing with Brinson or hitting the pool bar in Vegas with Prisco or, you know, I don't know, running around Atlantic City with Costos. Whatever, you know, it, it's about keeping young players in the building and keeping an eye on them and seeing if they know their playbooks. But for 75% of the league, they don't matter, and it's, it's irrelevant. And there's a reason why they are voluntary and not mandatory. And there's also a reason why every year, this time of year, teams end up blowing off an OTA or two to take the guys bowling, right, or to take them to the movies mm. or, you know, to teach them how to tie their shoes, whatever. You always hear that, oh, team bonding experience. We're not going to OTAs today. I mean, I know we're going to talk about Gronk in a minute. I mean, if OTAs mattered, 
right? If they mattered, then Bob Kraft would have spent the month of May talking to Don Yee, the agent for Tom Brady, and Drew Rosenhaus, the agent for, for Rob Gronkowski, right? If, it was, if that was a true deadline and that was real football, then we want to make sure those guys get their contracts done ahead of time so that they show up. But none of that happened because it doesn't matter. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that the Ravens losing two OTAs is, is a big deal. I don't think it's even a deal other than it's embarrassing for them. They've been repeat offenders and their general manager, Ozzie Newsom's on the competition committee. So it's, huh. it's not a great look, um, but the fines aren't going to, you know, look, Harbaugh will be all right. He'll be able to feed his family. Steve Bishotti's a billionaire. You know, he'll be all right paying that fine. And uh, it screws me because I was going to go there today and write a live column off Ravens OTA. So now I got to come up with it. I got to come up with another column idea for tomorrow. So if you have any, throw them my way. What, what were you going to see at the Ravens OTA other than you know uh, wide receivers and defensive backs jogging down the uh, sideline together? I would, it, 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 yeah, look, I, I would be more just access to players. It would just be the sure. opportunity to talk. To I mean, that's pretty much. I, I would not. I, I would never, ever, ever live tweet anything I saw at an OTA unless it was like an 11-on-11 brawl. You know what I mean? Anything (laughs) football-related, I would never make the assumption that anything that happens on a practice field in shorts and shells, you know, June the 7th will affect anything come, you know, September, let alone January. Jason, do you think that there's room uh, in the next collective bargaining agreement to uh, have these practices become a little more physical? I mean, this is football we're talking about, and I know that – with the kickoff rule changing and you know lowering the head and and all this stuff, they're they're working on making the game safer. But at the same time, these practices are just—it's barely football. You know, they might be practicing well, I, for a, full, I, I would, a seven on seven. I think it goes five. the other way. You know, I got. You think there's going to be less? Buddies who work for teams today saying, "Why are we even doing this?" You know what I mean? Like, we've lost a uh, backup tackle. We've lost a starting tight end. We've lost. Uh, you know, a defensive lineman we thought could be a rotation guy for us this year. Like, why don't we just have a voluntary minicamp and a mandatory minicamp like the old days? You know what I mean? And let them work out on their own. They all work out on their own anyway. And if a guy is dumb enough not to keep himself in shape for four months, then, you know, how many of these contracts aren't really guaranteed anyway, by and large. So, you know, the proof will be in the pudding. Like, that to me is an easy win. Health and safety, and we care about injuries. And, you know, there's going to be plenty of things to fight with the PA about. I mean, do we need to run a six-week babysitting service? I, I don't know. You know, how much is being gained? I mean, you, you give them – you have the first rookie mini camp. You hand everybody their playbooks then. You bring them in one time a month later and see who knows what and do some walkthroughs. And then you have your mini camp, your full mini camp. Maybe you expand the full mini camp, and instead of three days, you can have them for a whole week. And you do something like that so you can really, you know, know who knows what before the coaches go on vacation in the middle of May. I mean, in the middle of June through the start of camp in July. Um, I I just, I I mean, honestly, this idea that, like, all these teams are forming their bonds in May and June and, you know, all those lifting sessions. I mean, come on. Most of the best players are doing the real work on their own anyway. And the guys who are truly special, you know, the, the Odell Beckhams and the Antonio Browns, they're doing it year-round. And they'll be killing themselves the second week of July when there's nothing going on in the NFL just because that's who they are and that's what makes them great. But I've always had the impression that coaches are control freaks. And they well, they, they, they want to be around these guys as much as yeah, possible so the that they know what – so that the coaches know what the players it, know. And I'm wondering if, 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 if you owners, take that away. If the owners listened to the coaches or cared about the coaches, we wouldn't have the overtime rules changed. 
right? We would still have uh, full kickoffs, right? We wouldn't be tinkering with the kickoff stuff all the time. You know, they wouldn't have sent all the coaches out to the golf course when they changed the overtime rules. Um, we would still have two-a-days, you know. I mean, but they don't listen to the coaches. I mean, the coaches, you know, they have there's coaches on the competition committee, but, like, a lot of the stuff they suggest never comes to pass anyway. If they listen to the coaches, all 53 guys will be active on game day. I mean, there's, there's a, I mean, I could tell you 20 things that would happen immediately. And it if sounds the coaches like coaches actually had a voice. I'm not saying I agree with all of them, but you know, they're high paid employees, but they're, they're, you know, they're a certain level of management. I'm not going to say that they're only middle managers, but they're not on the executive board by and large. Now Belichick, that's a little different. There may be an exception or two, probably just him. He'd probably be the one. Uh, but, but even he, look at all the suggestions the Patriots make every year. Where do they go? You know what I mean? How many of them get adopted? Very few. And I would imagine that the number one driver for all these changes that the owners are making by not listening to the coaches are in the name of safety so that they don't eventually get sued. And there's a certain trade-off, right? You're doing, you're doing a horse trading with the PA. So, okay, do we want, we want to throw them a bone and we can say that this looks good from a healthy health and safety standpoint. And yeah, we'll get rid of two a days. We'll truncate training camp. We'll limit what you can and can't do during OTAs. Um, and, and, you know, that's a win-win for them. I mean, those are things that they're willing to pretty much wave the white flag on anyway. They were already willing to concede, but, yeah, let's pretend like it's really being collectively bargained and we just gave – well, we gave D. Smith a big win there in exchange for something else. Um, you know, things things are going to have to give one way or the other. And I, I don't – I mean, I don't know that adding more OTAs is going to be – is going to be in the offing. And, and even the, again, even the coaches themselves, they sort of undermine their own argument. Just count how many teams the last couple of years have either said, we're just going to cancel our last couple of OTAs or we're going to scrap these two OTAs and go to an amusement park. Mm-hmm. You know, like if it's really that crucial, they're not doing that. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. We'll get back to other really important OTA topics a little later on in the podcast. Uh, Patriots are holding a mini camp, not an OTA. I don't know if there's a huge difference between that. Rob Gronkowski showed Mandatory. up. Well, yeah, the difference is you can find them for not coming to do mini camp. But you as far as the activities, as far as the activities that they're doing, yeah, you can step it up a little bit, I guess. But yeah, right. I, I think that like that's the level that every practice should be at. But now I'm going down a tangent that we we just did. I want to talk about Rob Gronkowski and his contract situation. How close is he to getting a new deal? How how is this Patriots drama going to play out? It'll happen before, if not before training camp, certainly before week one. I would suggest it happens before, before you know, early early August, before the first preseason game. Um, he's stayed healthy for a couple of years. He's obviously a glue guy there. They'd be lost without him offensively, um, especially given the departures in free agency and the trades they made this year. So they, they know that and they understand that. And again, if him being in the building for those OTAs really mattered, instead of Bob Kraft, you know, bopping around, taking vacations in May and doing whatever he's doing on his private jet, he would have flown down to South Florida and met with Drew Rosenhaus and done a deal. So that will get done, and they're going to have to juice the pot for Tom Brady as well. And, and, you know, and then once that happens, everybody will wave the pom-poms again and they'll say nothing to see here. And you know what? They'll basically be right. And they're going to win that division. It's just by a matter of how many games. They'll get at least one home playoff game as long as Tom Brady stays 
remotely upright. And, and then, you know, come January, we'll see who truly retires, who truly defects, who hangs it up, you know, what Belichick wants to do in the future, all that stuff. The but, same uh, storylines, yeah, that we've heard for, but, for a while. But this is, it's about the money. And it's about, it's money and respect. And, you know, if you're Brady and you're drunk and you're looking at what's happened to that roster and you're looking at what you did in the Super Bowl and how you couldn't get a single stop from your defense, one stop for the defense and they've got another ring. And then Cooks is gone. You know what I mean? Amendola's gone. Uh, Deion Lewis is gone. The left tackle's gone. Uh, you know, and it's like, okay. So now, you know, was, yeah, we're getting Edelman back, but he's been hurt and he's coming back off another injury and, and he's on the wrong side of 30. Like, really? And I'm the 18th highest paid quarterback in the league and I'm the ninth paid tight end in the league and I've never been the highest paid. And we're just supposed to show up in May when we don't have to be there and beat the drum for the Patriot way. Nah, man. Nah, that's, that's fine. Nah. It's it's not going to happen. No. And it's a little surprising. Rob Gronkowski, 29 years old, his salary cap number for this year, 10.9 million. And if you look at that compared to all the other tight ends, uh, in 2018, you'd be, it, it ranks at the top. But it's not by much. Jordan Reed is, believe it or not, second at 10.1. Yeah. Travis Kelsey's got 9.95. So basically 10 million for him too. Charles Clay somehow finagled 9 million bucks, uh, out of, out of the Buffalo Bills. That's his cap number yep. this year. So. Well, and look, at, if you look at actual cash, you know, it's, it's, it's not even, you know, he, he, he doesn't even rate as high. And, and I know that we, you know, I, I get looking at the cap number because that includes, proration from previous bonuses right right but it's been three years since Gronk's gotten a bonus you know so uh, and and you just you look at what's happening for marginal pass catchers I mean look look what happened in the wide receiver market this year I mean you got Dante Moncrief's gonna make 10 million dollars showing up for work and if he can play even a little bit he's making 12 you know like that happened I mean Sammy Watkins <laughs> 40, 45 million guaranteed if I'm reading, never even been the best receiver on his own team. No, he well, he was for half of a year in Buffalo. Maybe for half a season in Buffalo right. three years ago. That's when he did it. Uh, like, come on, man. Jimmy Graham, according to I'm looking at overthecap.com, Jimmy Graham's cash spent uh for this year is thirteen million. Greg Olson, twelve point three five million. Trey Burton, now with the Bears, eleven point three million, and then you get to Gronk at nine mil. So I, I think he's got a case. He really can go to the Patriots and say, hey, look, I am the best tight end in football. I am the reason why defenses play uh, against you guys the way that they do. I think yeah. I deserve, you know, a little bit more cheese in my in my pocket. And and I think that they'd be dumb to not give it to him. They will. They're smart enough to do it. Now, you know, is it going to be everything he wants? Is it going to be, you know, how, how does the money play out? How many – New Year's, the issue will be not even so much the, the amount of guaranteed money, but how, how far into the future is it spread? You know, I think they're going to still want a structure that allows them, if he has one more back injury or neck injury or whatever, to get out of it after, you know, no more than two years. And, and probably, you know, I, again, let's say he's going to play 18. I can't imagine he's got anything guaranteed beyond 2019. And that may be a little bit of a bone of contention because he's probably looking for, well, if I do get hurt, you know, I want to have at least half my salary the next year guaranteed. So I get a nice $10 million parachute on the way out. I don't know if all that's going to happen, uh, but they have, they, they get it. They, and they, right. they, they know what's going on there. And who are they paying on that offense? 
well, besides yeah, who, Brady, who, no one. Brady, but, but even Gronk. Brady, Brady, Brady. There's eight, seventeen guys in the league making more cash than Brady next year, as it stands right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like who? They have no best of breed players. Like they're not. None of their running backs are close to being among the highest compensated. No, backs. none no. of their receivers are close to being among the highest compensated receivers. They're and they just let line. Nate Solder go out the door, Jason. Nate, Nate Solder just got a huge deal. Of course not. The year for him is crazy, but. But that's the reality. So if you're Brady and Gronk, you're like, clearly, you're living and dying with us. So, yeah, step up. We're going to talk uh, in just a few minutes about the future of sports gambling on the NFL. We also have some over-unders on, on games played for rookie quarterbacks and a hot topic out of Cleveland. But since we're discussing contracts, Jason, let's go to Green Bay where they've got a prickly situation. Aaron Rodgers still has two years left on his deal He's set to make over $20 million. Now, that's a number that makes a lot of sense. And I believe he's still not the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. What's his contract situation looking like, and how soon until the Packers do the right thing and make him the highest-paid quarterback? That's that's got that's another one that's got to happen before the season. And that, that could happen in you know 48 hours sometime in late July before they show up to camp. Um He's, you know, he's going to be the highest paid guy. It's just a matter of by how much. I've talked to some agents for other quarterbacks about this. I don't, you know, everybody I talk to thinks he gets, you know, 100 to 110 guaranteed right off the bat. Um, and it's, you know, it's going to be all paid out in the first three years. It'll be the cousin structure. It's just a matter of, you know, is it 33, 34, 35? Is it 33, 33, 33? And then the jumps start happening in years four, five, and six, which will be renegotiated before they ever actually happen anyway. Oh, and we may be in a completely different CPA by then. And who knows if there's a quarterback exemption for cap charges or whatever. I mean, there, there's a lot of different things that could be on the table once that, you know, once we get to 2022 and, and how things are computed and, you know, whether the system changes at all by the system. I mean, sort of the economics of the cap and how players are compensated. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, He's got cousins there at thirty. He's gonna he's gonna bash that. And I, my my suspicion is it's a hundred million fully you know fully guaranteed in the first three years. However, they want to split that up, and maybe it's a little more. Maybe it ends up being you know maybe he's closer to thirty five a year than thirty three. I suspect that there's an an interim step between thirty and thirty five. But if you're Russell Wilson, um, you know if if you're uh, if Andrew Luck ever gets healthy enough, you know, again, if you're Andrew Luck, if, if, if you're Winston and Mariota and you actually take a big jump this year, you're obviously sitting there saying, yeah, let's let, let let's get Aaron, let's go, let's go straight from, you know, 28 to 35 in one off season, which would basically be the case, you know, when you've got cousins getting that 30 threshold. And then if this guy's able to get 35 a few months later, um, there'll be a lot of people in the quarterback club, you know, doing a, doing a high five in each other and doing cartwheels. I'll give you another quarterback, and, and this sounds crazy, but let's just say Kirk Cousins has a couple of really good years in Minnesota. His deal is up in 2021. Oh, absolutely. So he you could end up being that, right back on the top the of the mountain. There. He's negotiating in two years, and he's still, you know, uh, uh, in, his, in his prime years. He's not. You're not talking about a guy who's 38, 39 by any stretch. Yeah, absolutely, and especially if they win. And the, they win a Super Bowl in the first two years. He's negotiating again, and he's triggered that Super Bowl bonus. So, um, you know, he's getting even more than that than what was originally reported. 
that that's that the, the, the it's the structure. It's not even the money. Like the money part didn't surprise me. It's that he got all the guaranteed money in three years and then he's completely untested. You know, he's able to hit the market again. I and mean, usually if they're going to give you that kind of money in the first three years, they'll do it. But they're going to own your rights for six years. Right. That's the trade-off. That's always been the trade-off. That's no longer the trade-off. Yeah. He's still betting on himself. You know how, like, the past couple of years we said it about Kirk Cousins where he's he's betting on himself. It's pretty he's good to the bet on yourselves when, you, when you, <laughs> you've already pocketed, you know, what, what do you get from the Redskins the last three years? Uh, I, I mean, mean they, tons. Tons, tons. Fifty-five or sixty? What did he get? I mean, uh, it's right around there. It's. It, I think it's a little short. Of, how many years are we talking? Two years or three years? I, I two, well, just the two, the two franchise years alone. It's got to be around we're, twenty-five we're million. 20, twenty and twenty-four. I mean, we're talking forty-four just yeah. right there. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's in real great shape, and he, all he has to do is just keep playing really well. Uh, if, he, if if Minnesota wins a Super Bowl at some point in the next three years, he will he'll be back at the top of the mountain again. One last thing on Rodgers: doesn't it make sense for the Packers to get this done ASAP, knowing that Rodgers is thirty five? Well, I mean, like before the start of the season, absolutely. And I, I, again, I mean, before the start of camp. But once these mini camps end, nothing happens in this league for five or six weeks. I mean, that is the only true downtime is from the end of minicamp to the start of training camp. And, and again, this is not like, I, mean, I think sometimes too much is made of, or, or we go too far down the rabbit hole about, you know, negotiations and how hard it is. And, oh boy. I mean, they're, like I'm, I'm sitting here, is it going to be 33? Is it going to be 34? Is it going to be 35? All the, all the stuff that matters is going to be in the first three years of the contract. Are they able to squeeze a fourth or fifth year out of them? I mean, but, but you're only going to haggle so much with a guy who's this much of a proven commodity. So, I, I mean, they should be able to get it done. I mean, they should be able to get it done in 15 minutes, to be honest with you. Once, you know, once both sides are willing to concede the obvious, which is right. it should happen now, and he's the best guy, and Cousins created a new frontier. I mean, you're only going to be able to argue that so much, so long. I mean, someone's going to pay Aaron Rodgers, and you don't want a guy going in, you don't ever want to have a lame duck scenario. And this would be the time to take care of them. Oh, and the price is only going to go up. Right. I mean, it's it's not going to stop. I mean, when you've got the Staffords and the Cousins making what they're making, and they've combined for how many playoff wins, it, the price is only going up. I agree. It should be really, really quick. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, please subscribe to the Pick 6 podcast. Leave a review and five stars wherever you can review the podcast. We'd love to get the word out about it as we continue to Find a wedge for football inside all of your brains. Thank you for listening. And besides, the Pick 6 podcast is free. What's not going to be free is uh, betting on football, which is apparently headed down the line. The Supreme Court struck down PASPA last month. Uh, we've already seen Delaware open up sports books. Uh, this is going to be a thing that happens. And, Jason, I, I am sure that you've asked people around the league, about the impact of sports gambling on the NFL, not just for the long term, but also as soon as this year, how much is going to change? Um, how how serious are, is the league taking this? And and you know, obviously, the integrity of the game is of the utmost importance. But do, do the players have you talked to any players about it? What do what do they say about how this might impact their careers? Well, I mean, players would like to get their cut. You saw the statement from the NFLPA about, you know, one, making sure that the game's protected and, 
obviously they're the product and they're what people are, are actually making the bets on. So they would love to somehow, uh, it, it, whether it's through this integrity tax idea that the leagues are, are throwing out there, which I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Yeah, frankly, good luck. It's probably the, the hay is already in the barn for that one. I mean, Vegas has never paid it. I was in Delaware two days ago. They're taking bets in Delaware. They're not paying it. I don't know that you're going to get these other states that, you know, legislatures are going to be voting on this soon to decide, oh, yeah, we're going to be the ones who give you 4% off the top or whatever so you can keep the games more, um, you know, free from, from uh, influence. influence or whatever. But, I mean, short term, I don't think much is going to change. Long term, they're going to have to figure out what they can do from a proprietary standpoint to make people want to spend their gambling money with the NFL, whether that's through these next generation stats that have not really added much to broadcasts. But you hear this guy ran a route this fast. This guy jumped, you know, vertical on that route was X, Y, and Z, and he high pointed the ball here. And this guy ran the fastest this weekend. And and this quarterback threw, you know, the ball with the most velocity. Maybe there's a way to to open that up for, for gambling purposes. Or to take that information and, and sell it to one casino or the other so that they can do whatever they want with it. I mean, will there be betting parlors in stadiums the way there are in Europe for soccer games? I mean, I don't know why there wouldn't be if everybody's betting on it. Um, will the NFL have an official gambling app? Will the NFL have its official, you know, odds makers, you know, the casino, Jay, Stephanie's? I mean, mm. Look, All that's up for guys grabs. Like Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder, you know what I mean? Right, sure. Are looking at the marketing possibilities, certain suites, will there be you join a certain club, you pay more money at the stadium to be able to, you know, sit in the gambling parlor. I, I, I mean, they'll find a way to monetize it. And and I was in Delaware the day it opened, and I thought that, you know, the GM and the, and the president of the casino would be doing flips. And they're like, we're not going to like, we might sell a few more hot dogs, but this is going to be everywhere. And these apps are going to be everywhere. So who's going to drive to Wilmington, Delaware to sit in this, you know what I mean? To sit in this big room that isn't particularly sexy or swanky and watch all the games here, you know, the way they do in Vegas, it's just not going to happen. And it's going to be in New Jersey, maybe by next week. And then West Virginia is a few weeks behind and eventually Maryland and Pennsylvania and all these States around here will have it. And they'll have their apps, too. And the pie is going to be so huge that the, the cut that Delaware Park Casino in, in Wilmington, Delaware gets is going to be minimal. Now, part of this, too, I think, is them boo-hooing, trying to make it isn't, it isn't as good for them as, as it looks so that they don't have to pay the high taxes that they're paying on it, you know, because they're paying taxes to the state. And there's three casinos right now in Delaware sanctioned to do it. But, I mean, let's be real. Who, who are we kidding? There's, there's a... There's a there's a basically a casino in the parking lot of M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. There's basically a casino in the parking lot of Heinz Field. Once they're able to take bets there, why wouldn't the teams themselves say, well, screw that. Let's just put a betting parlor right in the stadium. Right. And it, it, I think the one thing that I'm fascinated by with this whole issue is how, first of all, we're going to get flooded with commercials. Bet with us. Here's your bonus code. But you remember when, when Daily Fantasy started? And every single commercial break yep. had a FanDuel yep. or a DraftKings ad. Multiply yep. that by three. And I'm being literal. Yeah, you're going to have Lagos every ad is Hill be, and all the national ones. They're all going to be ones trying to, trying to get you to spend your money with them versus these myriad other options you were just talking about. So th- there's going to be a competition for 
the gambler themselves to bring in, which means that some places, you know, in Vegas, you got to lay a vigorish of 10%. So say I wanted to win 10 bucks on a bet, I actually have to give the casino 11 bucks to win the 10. And then if I win, they give me back my 11 bucks plus the 10 that I won. I think you're going to see places drop their vigorish to nine, eight, seven, maybe 5%. Maybe if you're a first time customer with, you know, Dave and Jason's sports book, it's, right. it's, there is no vig for your first 10 bets just to get you in the door. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out. I'm curious to see who, which companies win those wars, but my, my inbox has been flooded. You know, you know, I do fantasy. So of course I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. connected to FanDuel and DraftKings and I get all of their stuff and my buddies gamble all the time. I've gotten, emails from FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesars, um, a bunch of other smaller places that say, coming soon, sports betting, get ready for it. We can't wait to, to, to do this business with you. And, and, and every time I see one of them, I think to myself, how soon until the NFL just does it themselves? And, and maybe they partner with somebody. And, and, and maybe this sounds crazy, but I could see the NFL – Opening their own official sports book. That's the only one you could bet in the stadium. Meaning that like they, they will lock you out on your phone. So through their wifi and on kiosks where if you go to the game, the only way you can bet the game is through the official NFL sports book. And I wonder if if, I'm wondering if if that's how the NFL ends up winning this war and how each league could do the same thing. Or they get them all bidding against each other to be the official. You know, the, the only one that can use NFL logos and NFL video and actual snapshots of the players and all their adver- in, in, in all their advertising and promotional stuff. And I think it's more likely they do that than they can pretend there's one degree of separation. You know, the way you had Verizon and AT&T and all these people bidding against themselves to be the official, right, you know, the official streamer yeah, online sure. of games. And that ended up being a $3 billion deal. Right? Everybody's saying the NFL's in trouble. Really? Thursday night games that, that nobody watches, right? That's the narrative. Fox spent way more than CBS and NBC did, and CBS and NBC both basically, basically said, we're out. We can't make money doing that anymore. Let somebody else try. So, And then you've got Verizon spending $3 billion, right? That deal just went down in January. So you're going to – yeah, don't, don't, don't be sponsorships out the wazoo. Um, and so it, it will be a boon. Franchises will be worth more. I think viewership will be up. I mean, even people who normally might not watch will put a $10 bet on whatever, whether Tom Brady throws three touchdowns today or whether the, the first play of the game is a run or a pass or all that. I mean, you know, and, and, and that in-game stuff, maybe the league finds a way to get a cut of that or, or what have you. Um, when, when you start talking about some of these real-time crazy prop bets that could be available to people. Um, so, yeah, man, uh, it, it's a brave new world, and – it's it's going to be everywhere, and the, I think the demand for it will be high. Don't forget that the NFL could also use their they could, they could use live streaming as part of a, a carrot to dangle in front of these sports books, so that the official sports book not only can you go to their site and 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 bet the game, but you'll also if you bet that game have access to watch that game on your phone. If you're not actually there in the stadium, I, I I agree with you. I think it's crazy. Hey, Dave, sorry to cut in here. Quick word from your producer. Uh, you were just mentioning live streaming. Well, there's a perfect way to live stream professional sports, and that's uh, our latest sponsor, Roku. I've actually had a Roku for several years now. I absolutely love it. I, I watch a lot of TV on my Roku. And now if you're a football fan, 
you've got to have a Roku streaming player. It's a device that you plug into your TV to unlock thousands of live streaming and on-demand channels, including, if you want to watch HQ, the free CBS Sports app where you can see Dave and Jason and others on there. Um, so, look, if you have subscriptions to any of the professional sports league apps, they're all available on Roku. You can stream it right to your TV. And if you don't have premium premium subscriptions, uh, Roku's an awesome way to catch your favorite local teams live with apps through many cable providers. I watch Netflix. I watch Amazon Prime. I watch FX Now. I watch CBS Sports. I watch HBO. I watch Showtime. I watch all this stuff on my Roku. It starts at just twenty nine ninety nine for the basic player. Great Father's Day gift, guys. Go to Roku.com, R-O-K-U.com to learn more and to start streaming today. Again, that is Roku.com, R-O-K-U.com. So, yes, you'll be able to watch NFL football, but Dave and Jason, I'm wondering how many games we'll be able to watch featuring rookie quarterbacks. Uh, let's do some I, – I, I, and, frankly, I can't wait to see how it plays out. Jason, let's do some over-unders on rookie quarterbacks games played. Uh, you set these. And uh, I, I'm I'm going to play the game. I'm I'm going to walk into your to your sports book and and put some money down on these. Uh, let's start with Baker Mayfield. You said he's only going to play eight games this year. I'm going to take the well, over I on that. I said it at eight to try to come up with a point. You know, oh, okay. I actually so so you so I see. So you're just the odds maker here. Although it's been a few weeks, but I said it at eight because he was the first one taken, and the Browns. You know, and the Browns have stunk, historically stunk for several years. Okay, so do you stand by eight, or would you change that? No, I wouldn't change it, because I, I, I'm trying to make it at a point, right? The whole point of that is to try to get people to, to bet one way or the other. Okay. So I wouldn't change it because, you know, because of where he was drafted and because of how bad they've been and because they could have done anything they wanted with them having I mean, one and four and then still making him the first pick. I think a lot of people would be inclined to say, well, that means he's got to play right away. I don't think it's going to play out that way. Um, but, but I do think some of the guys are going to play too. So I'm sitting there saying, well, wait a minute. Can I really set Baker Mayfield at four or five when I'm going to have Rose and some of these other guys who were taken later, Yeah, you know, at eight or maybe even nine? Okay, so let me just let me run down all the quarterbacks and the over-unders you set first before we get into each one quickly. Uh, Baker Mayfield, eight games. Sam Darnold, six games. Josh Allen, nine games. Uh, Josh Rosen, five games. And Lamar Jackson, one game. Interesting that you've got him on there for one game. Uh, I'm going to take the over on Mayfield. Uh, What do you make of him getting second-team reps already with with, uh, Cleveland? Not a whole lot. (laughs) I mean, they don't have a great quarterback room. And Sometimes with the three, you just don't get enough. I mean, I, you know, the day that I was in Buffalo was a fast week. It almost looked like they were trying to find ways to get Allen, and he's running with the three, trying to find ways to get him more plays. But, like, you know, if Nathan Peterman's group doesn't go three and out or during team drills, then, you know, and Josh Allen does, then that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get having him with the twos just because you're, you're giving him more reps and, and live action. I mean, again, it's similar to live action. But I understand that, but they've got to win some football games there. I mean, they, you've got to, you've got to throw a bone to your fans now. Mm-hmm. And you, you've got to show that you can be a quasi-competent NFL franchise. And, you know, they, they, bringing in a, putting another kid in too soon. I mean, they, whether Hugh Jackson wants to do it again, whether he wants to pull a Kessler or a Kaiser again, 
I, I can't imagine the powers that be there letting that happen, especially when you've got a. It's not like Tyrod Taylor is Matt Castle. You know what I mean? It, this is not Drew Stanton. Like, no, no. The guy just took a bad goal team to the playoffs, and he has his limitations. But they got killed last year because they couldn't win in close and tight situations because they had the. I mean, what Kaiser did. And it's not even on him. He shouldn't have been put in that situation. But. Between the ridiculous play calling, and that's over. They got Haley there now, and not exactly trying to do everything. And a quarterback who committed more egregious errors within the red zone, inside his own red zone and inside the other team's red zone, and who in the fourth quarter was a complete debacle, that's not Tyler. And they were in a lot of games till the last couple of possessions, but then it was the invariable you know, interception, and then if they get the ball back, another interception. Right? That's not going to be the case. And they're going to win some games, and they're going to build some confidence. And unless Tyrod gets hurt, there's not going to. They might be the second best team in that division. There's not going to be that, you know, overriding need to play Baker Field right away. I mean, they might win seven, eight games this year. Wow. So, so you almost set that line maybe as a trap to make people think that, uh, oh yeah, he, he he could play eight. But if Tyrod gets, you said it. If Tyrod gets off to a good start. They don't have a bye till week eleven. Uh, they they could seriously, if Tyrod stays healthy, could play eight, nine, ten games. Uh, let's move on uh, to the Jets with Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen with the Cardinals. Uh, you've got Darnold at six games, Rosen at five games. I'm taking the over on both. I'm hearing good things about both of them. I can't imagine Josh McCown's going to be the starter for the Jets for seven games, and that Sam Bradford will will be upright for Josh Rosen to only play in five games. So. I, I look at those. I, I think those are easy overs to take. Tell me where I'm wrong, yeah. Jason. No, I I think I said the over on both. The one caveat I would say though is don't don't. I would not rule out the Jets going to Teddy Bridgewater second. And that's another one where tag and trade, protect the asset, and maybe there's a you know we, look we've seen so many quarterbacks who've done nothing. Just go back to Mike Lennon last year, Osweiler the year before that. Yep. Blow, blow up teams' caps and blow up teams' confidence and blow up teams' season. If they're able to play Teddy Bridgewater for six weeks and he plays well and feature him and then put him in bubble wrap and find a way to uh, – I mean, we've seen New England did it with Matt Castle, right? I mean, and everybody knew Brady's coming back and Brady's the starter. But, you know, you, you, you tag him, you hold his rights into the offseason, and then – you work with the agent, trade him somewhere where he wants to go and he's comfortable going and where he's willing to do a long-term deal. But, you know, there's, there's, I, I could see them getting a look-see at Teddy Bridgewater. Interesting, interesting. Now, Buffalo, you've got Josh Allen at nine games. That's one that I think I would take the under on. I just don't know how soon he's been ready. And I don't know how they really feel about Nathan Peterman at this point. But they brought in A.J. McCarron. I would imagine he could start half the games this season. And then after they lose on Monday night to the Patriots, uh, they could turn to Josh Allen then. But it would only be for about eight more games the rest of the way. Yeah, I don't know how long of a leash they they have with McCarron. It'll be interesting. I remember, when they didn't think Tyrod was the guy last year, they pulled him way sooner than a lot of people would have ever expected. And again, much better pedigree. Well, Tyrod has a pedigree. I think McCarron has no pedigree. He's yeah, never yeah, been yeah. asked to do anything in a game that matters. So, yeah, I, I, 
Allen's with the threes now, and Allen is definitely raw. And I saw some of the actors stuff with my own eyes, but I'm not a big AJ McCarron guy. And they they're they're, they're not going to be able to sell Peterman to that fan base. And that's another team where if they're picking in the top five next year, I don't think they're mad at the world about it because they get sort of the long view there and, mm. and what, what they think it's ultimately going to be about. And it's not about 28. No. All right, and then I think Lamar Jackson is pretty obvious. If if Joe Flacco gets hurt, then he's going to play. Or if Joe Flacco, uh, you know, really turns south, then, yeah, Lamar Jackson will play. So that one's kind of a toss-up. I, I don't know if I would actually put any money on that over-under of one game. All right, finally, let's go back to the OTAs and back to the goofy things that teams do during these OTAs. The Browns players don't have stripes on their helmets. They have to earn their stripes. It, it, to me, it's as tacky as can be, but I see these helmets without that brown and white stripe down the middle, Jason, and I think they look good. Yeah, they're sharp. Yeah. I, don't, I don't mind them. Maybe, maybe you're better off not earning, earning your stripe. I mean, I just think the Browns, again, you're one in third one. How long has it been since they won at home on a Sunday? Oh, right? God. Because the win against the Chargers the year before at home in December was like on a Saturday. I mean, I, I think it's been something like I mean, I don't know, 120 weeks since they won a home Sunday game. I don't know that you're necessarily going to be talking about what it means to be a Brown and how you have to earn this and earn that. They, they just, they just, you know, they, they just need to get out of their own way. I think, I think they have a chance week three against the Jets at home this coming season. I think that could be the time when they do it, but maybe it'll be the helmets. And I'll, I'll tell you what, if they think that they've got more mojo without that stripe on there, then they should go ahead and do it. Go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Jason, I know you've got things to do with the family. I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us for these six hot topics on the pick six podcast. My pleasure, man. Have a good, uh, was it weekend? What is it's a weekend. It weekend is a weekend. Yet. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs> Later, Jason. And everybody, right, everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to download and subscribe anywhere podcasts are found. And follow us on Twitter at pick six pod all one word no spaces no underscores pick six pod we're here to help you get your football fix for about 30 minutes a day we'll be back next week if you're hanging out this weekend have a cold one and toast it to football it's a great game for jason lock and four and our producer eric to be ah, i botched your name i finally did it i didn't think i ever would but i botched it eric i'm so sorry eric de i'm dave richard thanks for coming out i need the weekend 